everybody. This is Scott Cohen, and creative director of Scarehouse, and we are doing another podcast uh, kind of on the road out of the studio, as if we have a studio, here at a uh, restaurant at the waterfront. And uh, this is a new type of Scarehouse podcast because I have just met both of these gentlemen. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself first. Who are you? What do you do? What's your thing? Uh, my name is John. I'm the general manager of New Dimension Comics. I'm also one of the co-promoters for Three Rivers Comic Con. All right. I'm Todd McDevitt. I'm the general owner of New Dimension Comics and Three Rivers Comic Con. And uh, you generally own it. I generally own it. <laughs> for, sort of. Forever professional. Uh, we are here again at the uh, rock bottom uh, where there is beer. And that should always make for a good podcast. So um, let's just get started. I'll start with you, John. How did you first get into comic books? Oh, it was weird because I grew up in a small town St. Mary's in the central PA and uh, I kind of would buy them off spinner racks here and there uh, I mostly actually got into Magic Gathering due to Boy Scouts like we got snowed in one year at a winter camp and somebody learned to play it we all got into it and then it kind of just fanned the flames and moved to college there was a better better shop there and I moved to Pittsburgh and started shopping at our C3 store and uh, eventually like work kind of Went into that way, started working for Todd part-time, and managed the store for a while, and now I run all six for him, and but I still have no time to do anything. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember some of those first comic books you got off of the spinner racks? Oh, it, it was like uh, <clears throat> like Scott McDaniel's Daredevil, um, some early Nightwings, um, the, hot, what, the first Hawkeye four-part mini, I remember buying that. Um, an Avengers annual that had Blood Wraith in it. Oh, Those wow. were some of the first ones I got. Like, you know, that, like, mid-90s okay. stuff. Uh, like, Spider-Man, Green Lantern. I'm a huge Green Lantern guy. Um, you know, a little bit of everything. Kind of whatever was on the spinner rack, because it was like, can I get there fast enough to keep getting every single issue every week or every month? Because all the seniors from high school would hit over there before I could get there. And, you know, so I, then I drove changed my world. <laughs> and, and Todd, how about you? Um, I discovered comics right around the time uh, most guys my age were discovering girls, but the girls weren't really responding to me, so I stuck with comic books. Uh, my first comic I remember buying was Alpha Flight number four, off the racks, and uh, at the time I needed to backtrack and find one through three, so I did, and that kind of began my sort of collecting mentality, and um, like most collectors, one comic turns to two, two turns to four, and very quickly, before you know it, I'm up to over two million comic oh, books wow. now. With uh, multiple buildings filled with them, many of which I will probably never see the bottom of the piles before I'm dead. Oh, wow. But uh, it's still kind of amazing and fun after 31 years of doing it. Well, so, as I say, so for 31 years, if John, you were in the mid 90s, about what time was it when you were first getting into the spinner racks? That would have been about I think it's 85 okay. or 86. So yeah, mid 80s for me. Okay, and that's uh, that's in my own experience, it's about the same. Maybe early. 80s, just hearing spinner racks. I'm like, oh, I remember spinner racks. Like, I, I remember... Born in 81, so by the time you guys were into it, I was, like, learning to talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... This, this is... This has been a recurring theme of the podcast this year of how old Scott is, but uh, like, uh, I remember getting comics off the spinner racks at uh, Farmore, which was a like, oh, yeah, yeah. huge, giant, independent drugstore. And I think my first comics were not high class or not very respectable. It was like, oh, Micronauts and Rom Space Knight. And, <laughs> but um, one of the things that we all talk about, I know we talked a little bit about 
on the podcast is just how that relationship between comics and movies have happened. And I think one of the things that's really exciting now is you're getting people, the people who are making movies now are our age, so they grew up on those comic books. And, like, I guess that's one of my questions I'll start for you, Todd. Like, how has that industry of comic books changed from early 80s to now. Oh, wow, in so many ways. But you made an interesting point that, you're right, some people who grew up with this are now making the movies, and they want to really stay true to a lot of that original material. And even if some of these guys, if they weren't into comics, I think they just have such a respect for it, they try to. And some movies take some deviations, of course. They usually do it for a reason. But it's amazing it's, and fun. At the very least, there's always a homage of some type. I'm sure we'll see some tonight. Uh, we're sneaking in to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 tonight. If you guys don't know, maybe we shouldn't tell the world. By the time this airs, though, I've seen airs. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, in so many ways. Uh, just the quality of the paper, even. Just the, the, the slick format. There was, it was funny, on the way here, I was just talking about when Dark Knight 1 came out. It was two ninety five at a time. Yeah. You maybe remember this. Yes. At the time when comics were 65 cents, I believe. That's right. And there was this, there yeah. was this, this backlash. Like People were like, oh, no one's going to buy that. That's too expensive. Even though it was a slick format, square bound, nice color, gloss, all of that. And good creators. Creator at the time. And... Um, there's and it, and it worked and it tested the market and it just proved that people really into this hobby were so into this hobby that price wasn't really an issue and to a degree that's been tested over the years by the publishers they've managed to literally test it and yeah. they'll put some crap out yeah. for a higher price and they'll just oh they'll just keep spending it and it's backlash on them to a degree which has turned the corner it's forced them to make quality stuff for that same kind of price so if you're going to charge that you better pay it off is what they've learned to do. Well, and I'm, I'm jumping into movies because I'm such a movie nerd and I've sort of been in and out of the comics uh, industry, or not industry, that makes it sound like I'm participating. I'm just buying the stuff. But uh, that, when I get back to the movies thing, like that was really interesting to me because you say Dark Knight number one, I remember buying that because I'm like, oh, I really liked the Wolverine and the Daredevil issues that this Frank Miller guy did. So I bet this Dark Knight thing will be cool. And uh, getting into you know Frank Miller and Alan Moore, and now you know all these years later, these movies are coming out, which are so clearly influenced by these things that we are getting as kids. But I think what's interesting is you say Guardians of the Galaxy, like everything in everything that everyone loves right now on television with Walking Dead and movies with all the superhero movies is based on comics, but. How is the industry of going out and just buying comics, how is that compared to how huge the movie industry is right now? Oh, wow. It's still super solid. It's been amazing. Like, it's certainly the movies that maybe converted some customers into our stores. Just Maybe they get turned on to Guardians of the Galaxy and they get curious. Oh, it has a whole history and there's lots of more I can read. It's, you know, if they, if they like it and get really excited about it, then they want more. It's like anything else. So, and when they do that, there's not, you know, there are other places you can turn to get it, but... You know, we, we're kind of the clubhouse. They, people like to come to us, and our staff's all super knowledgeable. You know, we're happy to walk through, you know, whatever they want to start with, or maybe they want to see about the old characters, or maybe they love Rocket Raccoon. Well, he's got his own series. You know, oh, there's, wow. there's so many things you can just kind of, like, do that way. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a point somewhere. I talk too much. Okay. Uh, but all I was going to say was, like, some, the hardest part is getting people from what they see on screen to what the source material was because it's never 100%. Yeah. And that's really the hardest part. Like, Civil War was not yeah. the same as the movie at all. Yeah. Uh, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, there's like a whole... Like, this... The first movie was based on the second volume with, like, Greg Abnett and... Uh, okay. Or uh, Dan Abnett and Greg... 
with the hand, landing. Yeah, I mean, landing did. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a long week. Uh, <laughs> but, but, like, they did the second mm-hmm. series, so it has, like, Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, all those guys, and they kind of, like, totally didn't even talk about, like, Vance, Astro, and all those guys, because they were the original Guardians, and they didn't do anything with it. So it's hard to kind of sometimes bridge the gap of, this is what you saw, this is what yeah. I have, let's try to find the thing that's the most like what you saw so I can help you get into this whole thing. Um, but a lot, like, every single store has, like, a recommended reading rack, so uh-huh. it's like, here are awesome things you should check out that people ask for all the time, or awesome things you should check out because they're awesome. Like, everyone should be reading Saga right now. Like, yeah. everyone should be reading, um, like, like, Detective Comics from Rebirth right now. It's amazing. Like, there's so much good stuff out there, and some people don't know what to ask for. So we try to help out. And you guys are right on the front line of this, because I, I'm i really uh, impressed by what Marvel is doing, because they make it look so effortless. But they make these movies that are, you know, huge hits, and without tar- talking smack, uh, DC so far has not been quite as successful in this, in making films that are entertaining and reach a wide audience. But how, I guess my question is for you guys, like, are they also doing a good job of appealing to the fans and the guys who are really into the comic books and have sort of define themselves in a lot of ways by these series that they've followed? Mostly, I think, is the answer. There's always... I think it's a very big gray area because it's it's half and half. Like, some people are going to be mad that they did something with their character. Some people aren't, like... Like, everybody's like, oh, the first Guardians movie was awesome. And I'm like, it was fun, but they nerfed the Nova Corps, and they they killed Ronan, like, and he was in the movie for eight minutes. How yeah. do you call that a villain, you know? like yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So for, like, the guys who read the source material, it's a totally different thing. So it's, it's 50-50. And, like, DC, while their movies aren't getting as, as big as the Marvel ones, their TV... Is so much so good. Their network TV is amazing. Like you can watch a DC show four nights a week, five in five five shows, six shows, five nights a week. Interesting. Because the uh, Legends of Tomorrow and I or I Zombie flip flop for season. Oh wow! So like they're both Tuesdays with Flash, and then but Marvel, you either have to watch the Netflix series or you watch Agents of Shield. Sometimes you like, and now it'll have Cloak and Dagger coming, yeah. and Runaways, and like DC also has Lucifer on Fox. So like, it's it's a lot more than what you think it is, but it is definitely a weird gray area. Like, well, and I like what you said. It's it's comics. There, it's uh, it's like any other art form. There's so many different varieties of it, you know. And I think it's worse now. It's like the variety is way crazier now. I think did we figure out? Our Pittsburgh Mills store has, what did you see, 1,400 or 1,700 facings of new release comic books. It's insane. Like, for us to even keep up with ordering it, it's like, oh, how do you... And we want to take a chance on new things. You know, yeah. publishers are always shoving things down our throat as the next big thing, and we have to kind of, like, pick our battles. But there's so much variety. Well, and that's... I mean, Marvel and DC are, are definitely sort of the Coke Pepsi, but, I mean, ballpark, how many publishers are out there? Well, there's, like, close to over 100... I mean, yeah, like, counts. Yeah, for like sure. previews magazine is almost two inches thick. 
and the first half is just publishers. We use the catalog and then, every month that features every like a month's worth of releases. And Marvel's their own bit of that, and Image is now their own thing. So it's it's very very much so. Uh, yeah. there, there's different ones popping up. There's guys that won't deal with that either, so you have to buy from them direct. Oh wow! So like, like there are so many different publishers, and when you flip through the catalog, they may be a quarter of the page, they might be an eighth of the page, they might be five pages long. Yeah. So and their listings might be like a telephone book size. Yeah. Or they might be. Yeah, I say that, and everybody's like, "What's a telephone book?" Exactly. And, or they're going to be like a huge quarter page ad. They might be previewed like page of it it's it's all kinds of nuts but it's we definitely like Todd said have to pick the battles but um, our guys are pretty honed in on what people at least in their stores like and would like to read yeah and they pick them very well like there's very little uh, like chance we have taken that did not pan out for us well, and I, I think in explaining to people that, again, just like any other art form, not every comic book is going to be about a guy in a cave. There have right. been some oh, yeah. really intense themes. I'm thinking of uh, Mouse, is it, for example, that yeah. came out many years ago that was, Tick. you know... The Tick? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he came out... I mean, he's in leotards, but it's not in a cave. You right. Know? Yeah. V for Vendetta. Yeah. Um, pretty much anything Alan Moore's ever done. Yeah. Um, like, you know, there's, there's so many of them, though. Well, and there's such a great relationship with when you're following a new comic book series because, or like a TV series, like you were talking about, because it's not like net, not like Netflix, where you can just go and power through it. And yeah. I remember, here comes another old man moment. I remember reading from Hell, which meant as they were coming out, that was I don't know if, if you were reading from Hell when it came out. That was years of commitment. Oh yeah, yeah, because it'd be like it'd sometimes be months or years between chapters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to sell that in a graphic novel, it's like an inch and a half thick. It's huge. Yeah. And the movie version was really good, too. Yeah. So, like, and I remember I watched the movie version before I read the comic, and I was just, like, blown away when I read the comic because it was so much more depth. So, as they usually are. Yeah. And I, and I think that's really exciting because, again, I remember... I remember sort of that early phase, and I'm not going to embarrass myself too much by trying to define comic, the comic book industry when I'm with two experts here, but I remember that era of, oh, we're going to get a little bit more adult, we're going to get a little bit more, and I had been getting, uh, I have relatives who live in Scotland, so I was getting like original 2001 oh. issues sent in, I'm like, oh, so America's starting to catch up, cool. Oh yeah, like the old Judge Dredd stuff that would be like coming yeah. out of that time, it was awesome. So, in term, and just to make it about the Scarehouse, because it's Scarehouse podcast, we should. Todd was talking about he actually grabbed some sort of classic horror comics. So, for people who don't know, like what has been kind of the legacy of horror comics, even back to like the EC days? Wow. Well, EC was a, a turning point for uh, horror comics for sure. Um, um, which, if, if they don't know, um, the content of them became controversial enough for the time. This would have been fifties, late fifties, when it really started to hit ahead. Um, they got graphic enough that they parents this, these are the comics that would melt your brain and you know kind of thing um, that uh, the, the government actually stepped in and well, it, it's very complicated I can bore you with another entire podcast if you want but they, they stepped in and made a rule that prevented them from publishing anymore it, 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 the rule is very specific you couldn't publish anything with the word tales in it crypt in it and their main title was tales from the crypt you know things like that yeah. and it was very targeted at them and it changed how other publishers kind of approach things as well but it was an effort to not allow some of this really violent stuff 
um, to drift into child's hands. It's responsible to a degree, but it was a witch hunt at the same time. You know, almost pun intended. But um, so that changed. That kind of was, so now collectively, that stuff is super sought after. It just it, it has a historical um, interest level to it that, that makes people just collect that kind of stuff. They just like, and uh, some of it's really fascinating. Um, and some of them I hope to go through with, with you later. Some of the subject matter that they oh, did yeah. get away with is insane. Um, I have one particularly rare one that I brought along because I, I wanted to share with you guys uh, in my secret personal collection. I don't think John's ever even seen it. I don't, I'm not very vocal with my personal, personal collection. collection. Yeah, I brought a lot of my personal I've, collection books today. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've only ever uh, I've only ever heard tales of uh, <laughs> of of double covers and Miss Staples and like yeah, some is, and then and then stuff. some like <laughs> and then some super good stuff that like. I was like, you own that? <laughs> Probably the horror stuff's not even the highlight of what like, I have. I don't have a lot. America 3 or something anyway, like that? Anyway, it's not important. Like, like I said, I'm trying try to be low-key about it. Right. But back to the EC thing. <laughs> I mean, I've um, seen your Detective 27. <laughs> I still float around too. Wow. That's not a very horrific comic book. So. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk all about horror comics. Like, came prepared with some horror comics yeah. that I'd known. Yeah. Um, but so that's, uh, it, it was pretty disturbing. It's kind of fun almost to see what they managed to get away yeah. with. Uh, not even in the horror way, but there's some... There's one I missed out on. I made a bid on a while ago. Uh, it's Punch Comics 17, maybe 16. Somebody must look it up. Um, it has a giant vulture carrying a naked woman on the cover. Oh, wow. On the cover. And on, the cover? on the cover. I mean, and it's shattered a little bit, so you can't quite see, but she is very clearly naked. This is a 10 cent comic for the kids. So, the, and that. There's a time when, and that's not a horror comic. Either. And I thought it was bad that people watch, like, let their kids watch Walking Dead now. So, <laughs> or read it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all this led to the development of what's called the uh, Comics Code Authority. So comics got submitted to this government authority for uh, approval, and if it got the stamp on the cover, then parents knew it was basically PG caliber at the time stuff, and they knew with they could with safety know their kid could read this. Yeah. And now, geez, I bet you more more comics than not what we publish wouldn't satisfy that code. Yeah. If the code even still exists, most publishers don't even employ it. It's most of the audience is customers in our store. It's an older audience, no older customer base. Um, that's not to say that you know there aren't comics for kids still, but it's they're they're by mostly very sophisticated. Yeah, because uh, that's the audience for them. You know, if it was all eight year olds buying comics, then that's what they'd make. Yeah, but because it's thirty five year olds buying comics, they're making comics thirty five year olds want. So. Yeah. Um, we just did a promotion for a convention where um, a bunch of bars were serving a beer we make special for the convention, another long story. Um, and uh, with it, we made sure everyone who got a draft of the beer got a comic book to take home. We okay. made sure they were, they were all R-rated comic books. We had to make it super clear, don't take this home and give it to your 10-year-old. Yeah. This is for you because you're 21 and up and you yeah. get to enjoy yeah. something sophisticated too. Right. Um, some of them were Watchmen, actually. It's funny you brought that up earlier. So. Um, but I can go ramble on and on. Well, and that's it, a couple things on that getting into movies. I mean, certainly those those comic books. I mean, the obvious examples of things like Tales from the Crypt on HBO or Creepshow. But I think that mix of not only that mix of humor and scary material, but also sort of like that sense of oh, you're getting away with something by it looks like a comic book, but you know you open it up and like oh, they, like you say, got a naked woman in a vulture. For my entire life, I'm gonna have to, it'll take the, the stigma of a comic book being for for a kid is gonna last a generation or two more. Yeah, and it's it's slowly getting wiped away, but 
there's, there's still folks that think that and it's just your comic I mean, it doesn't even sound right it should, they shouldn't be called comic books anymore I think they're called comic books as a, 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 a nod now, actually uh, they have a rating system very much like video games so it'd be like M for mature or R and then like T or T plus for teen yeah. or like PG PG 13 would be like T plus yeah uh, and then they're like but but some guys especially like image are very much so aware of what they're putting out like they put out a book called sex criminals right <laughs> and on the back very largely on every back cover it says for mature readers Fantastic. do not give this to your kid yeah in oh, those words every time as if they had a guess with right. the title like sex criminals <laughs> right. you but would be surprised though. I, you would you be would, su- yeah. well yeah. it's interesting this is me just making this connection now but uh, comic books, video games, haunted houses uh, are all on this path of there's an initial knee-jerk perception of, oh, those are for kids. Right. And all three of them are industries that are changing because the people who create that content are getting older. Yeah. And they, they are able to go like, well, just like with the basement, with what we're doing, we I kind of want to use these same tools that we use or have been used for decades now to scare people who are in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s. So... And I Get think your game, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it, just like we said earlier, how the those comic books are influencing the films. We've now seen two R-rated comic book films with Logan and Deadpool, and it'll be interesting to me to see, like, okay, is that going? Oh, and I guess theoretically, V for Vendetta and Watchmen too. There, yeah, there are more. I think Spirit might have been. Am I right? Or Sin City, of course. Yeah. There's a lot. I think, yeah, I think you're right. a superhero comic that's an R-rated movie is also. You're right. That's probably the best example. Yeah. You put Wolverine, Deadpool. That were. I just. It's just to me personally. It's hoping that okay. Here's this. I'm hoping it continues to be a way for like certain comic book materials to become movies that need to be an R. Fine. I hope it doesn't become the Hollywood industry going, okay, now everything we do should be PG and should be kind of fun is going to be this hard for... Like, I don't need to see the dark, edgy reboot of... I can't think of something off the top of my head, but like, certain, you know, Shazam does... Shazam does not need to be R-rated. There you right, go. That's, right. Although, having said that, if it was The Rock and it was Shazam and he was fighting like Jason Statham, but I'm off on a tangent. I, I am very much so... Not, I'm not opposed to the R rating if it's a character that it makes sense for. Yeah. But like with Logan, I was like, I was a lot more like, this is too little, too late. Like, where was this nine movies ago? Interesting. You know? yeah. Like, you could have been this guy nine movies ago because those films are not, were not for kids anyway. Yeah. If you're gonna go PG thirteen, you might as well just go the R. Because the guys who are going to go see them are over 18, they're nerds, yeah. they're in college or older, they grew up with this stuff, they want to see their character. Yeah. They don't yeah. care, like, that it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I did hear some backlash when Deadpool was R-rated, that there were a lot of families who had kids that were young enough that they didn't want them to go see something with that kind of content, and their kid was old enough to, to understand it was out. You know, it was not like, I'm talking a six-year-old here, it was like a 12-year-old, let's say. And they wanted to see it, and they didn't understand why they couldn't go see it. Like they, they, and well, they the, shouldn't have been reading the Deadpool books that, anyway. <laughs> there are Deadpool books that are not R rated. Oh, yeah, so that's there's true. that too. That's true. So, yeah. but either way, they knew the character was. They knew enough about whatever you know, in whatever way they did. 
they and that was hard for the parents to say no to their kid about some all the, you know some maybe some of their friends were seeing it they were loud or whatever yeah and I mean it was rough enough that I wouldn't take my twelve year old to see it you know yeah right like yeah just wait for that one yeah, for high ten, school graduation a ten minute sex montage is not exactly something yeah, yeah. any <laughs> six year old kid needs to see. Right. I'm not explaining What's going that on there, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm of a generation that grew up with cable TV and, like, the first, like, HBO and, like, shows. So, like, I should not have been... I should not have seen Tin Drum when I was in third grade. HBO and you had to watch yeah. it through the snow. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. There's foil on my TV. I had foil. Yeah. 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 I'm not watching Porky's. All right. First R-rated movie topic to have it saw. Yeah. <laughs> You kids take a day with your internets and your face tumblers yeah, yeah, yeah. and your... It's not like they can't find it on their phone. Right. I mean, it's... it's My day, we had to go out to the woods and somebody had buried a Playboy. Yeah, and... Right? You gotta find... Yeah. Where's that? Yeah. So, how did... So, I guess that's my question is, so so how did... I mean, it's remarkable that you have... Was it... You said six locations now in yes. the Pittsburgh area? Like, how, like, how did that empire really come to be? Yeah, a lot of people think I had a plan. I had I had no plan. My plan was to get some smart people to work for me, like this guy right here. And Point guy. to John. And, and guy. these guys, all my, ex- and all my managers are here. <laughs> We're all getting ready to have some fun. Um, but I, 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 my number one answer, I just did an interview for that Pittsburgh Business Times thing I'm in, is um, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur, and I, I learned that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurialism is um, something you seem to either be born with or... It's hard to learn it. Yeah. And, like, as a kid, I had a lemonade stand and a paper route. Okay. I was selling night crawlers out of my front yard to fishermen on opening day. You know, stuff like that. I was always, like, wrapping my brain around some project. Then it wasn't, it wasn't always necessarily money-driven. And, like, even stuff, what I do today, I wouldn't see as money-driven. You know, money pays the bills and it justifies our lives. But a lot of it is just, how far can I push this thing? Yeah. And, like, and each store became that question. Okay, here's an opportunity and here's how we make it work. You know, with John's help, it's been tremendous. Like, he and I brainstorm all the time. Like, all right, here's the next opportunity. Well, how do we make this work? Yeah. And it's it really is how far can we push this thing is, is the number one motivator for me. Well, and I would think, I mean, I, a lot of things. I think with this with this community, you know, they're going to sense if you are just in it for the money. And you guys, you know, you clearly know you have the passion for it and you're developing it and you're excited about it. And you have also develop these things like you have the Comic-Con coming up and how much can you talk about that? What do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) How about the name and the date? Come on, John. Uh, Name, date, place. It's uh, it's Three Rivers Comic-Con. It's uh, May 20th to 21st and uh, tickets are available now. They start at $13. You should have got the website. Here you go. uh, Oh, yeah. ThreeRiversComicCon.com. We got some... uh, Spell it or write it, whatever whatever that's Right, right. I mean, you can... I I made it so that you can pretty much dummy-proof it. Type it in, Google it, whatever you need to do. You'll find it. Um, but we do our own beer at the show. Uh, I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, what, what's cool is, like, I'll let you talk about the beer, but we have a ton of artists and, and writers that come every year. It's like last guests, year. Like the Scare House is coming. Yes. yes. There you go. Uh, so, so we have, like, tons and tons of artists and vendors that have come, and they're from, like, different generations. And, like, one of the things that we wanted to do a lot that with this con versus what like other cons have done in the area was make sure we bring in newer blood yeah. not just the same old guys every year yeah um, which you know at some point you have you hit a rut you try to and I don't know if that so went whatever go. yeah you're no. eventually you're not allowed to go to your own con uh, <laughs> but but we have Mark Wade uh, and Peter Krauss coming in who did uh, Irredeemable 
and um, there'll be a movie in a few years, right? And yeah. Mark's done pretty much everything. He's done Kingdom Come, Superman, uh, Justice League, Flash, Avengers, Avengers. Oh, he's Black sign Widow. On Sunday he's going to sign Archie. Avengers, free comic day Avengers for us. Oh, I have awesome. a couple cases of the, for all the kids to come on Sunday. Sweet. Sunday we do a family day. We have tons of champions number ones too that he'll he'll do. Um, and then we have guys like Scott McDaniel who did Nightwing, Daredevil, Detective. Uh, regular Batman, a couple other books. He has this new publishing company that he's promoting, Black Box. Okay. Um, we have guys like Ron Friends and Paddle Lift who are local staples. Yeah. Uh, who, who did the whole M2 universe. You know, and they did a whole universe. It's great. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Bob Hack, who works for Archie. Oh, wow. uh, he does Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Great guy. I uh, just moved to the area. He was from the Central PA. Um, I'm also a guy. He did the cover of the book we're giving away. Oh, yeah, I'll give you one of those. That, so. yeah. uh, sorry, there's so much stuff. Going yeah. yeah, we're doing too much stuff. And we have everybody from the 501st and uh, oh, the fantastic. Rebel Legion coming to um, like cosplayers, professional photographers who have done photographer or photograph covers yeah. for publishers. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, well, all kinds of stuff. And I can say, not to speak ill of other conventions, but this is a comic book convention. That is about yeah, comic our books. One motivation, well, it our is number not one rule is it's to be a comic book focused convention. We do deviate a little bit here or there, but we're not chasing down celebrities and wrestlers yeah. and like like things that are not comic book. Um, you know, we've made a couple compromises already on some things that um, are just kind of fun ideas. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're, we're spending our resources, and that's what we're dialed into too. We've been yeah. in the comic book business for over thirty years. That's what we are connected to. We're connected to the customers. We're connected to the publishers. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, the the talent. They're they're all supportive of what we do all the time anyway. And it's just a way to do it in a very focused environment. Yeah, and have a big party. Well, and it's not that there's anything wrong with those shows, but no, no, no. I know for me, uh, going to some of those conventions, it definitely feels like okay, the majority of the people are here to have that moment of the eight by ten and say, oh, I actually, you know. I, I met that person from the Spartacus TV series, and I said a nice thing to him. And I got an eight by ten. Like we have it. That's not really about forming a community and finding new artwork and finding new, like share yeah, that shared experience. Thought it that and way. Like, yeah. You know, and, and we're not not downplaying that at all. It's just, just not what we want to do with this show. Yeah. You know, there there are people like to do that. Totally cool. Go to the other things to do that. If you like comics and art and creators and vendors, and you want to buy some comics. Come to our show. It's our, like old customers show with a big like yeah. With with the, the other things that they would try to do, and even in other cities around the area, our customers clamored for like we really need a comic book event. Yeah, and like our Joe, our, our slogan we made up this year is we're putting the comic back in Comic Con. Yeah, because Comic Con's a bit of a buzzword, and people love yeah. to call their things Comic Cons, and there's yeah. hardly any comic book content at them. So. <laughs> well, and, and that's fantastic because again, as I said earlier, you guys are forming this community, and then the community has a hand in the creation of this thing. You know, they're coming to you, and you guys are taking the time to take the information in from them and go. Oh, all right, is this what you want? Is you going to do this? You want to do it this way? I just thought this is kind of ironic that you know one of the little deviations outside of our our, our mission statement is having the scare house in. But uh, we're glad to have you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <we're, laughs> well, I mean, there's horror comics and stuff. So. We like to partner with local entertainment-based folks. Yeah. So, and you're certainly in that arena. It's well, you're going to be there. Well, and the five hundred first being there. I mean, they're just uh, yeah, but they're Star Wars comics. Yeah, so, Star Wars I mean, comics or horror comics. They're 
may one day be a scare house comic, sure. I could see I that happening. That. See the word? Well, I mean, there are House of Thousand Corpses. There's yeah. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, and John Rousseau will be at the show. Oh, really? That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, there's Puppet Master. Yeah. And Sean Gabbard, who writes it, will be at the show. Oh, that's great. Um, like, everything, Chilean Adventures of Sabrina is actually, like, a horror book, technically. What? What, I and think... it's more adult than your old school uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and I, I am a big fan of all these different disciplines impacting and influencing each other and no yeah. one style is better or more pure than another right. I just finished reading uh, the book that accompanies the Guillermo del Toro exhibit it'll be in Toronto this fall and you know Guillermo is a big proponent of he gets just as much from a 17th century painting as he does something that Richard Corbin did or something Bernie Wrightson did and to him he's like well it's still a form of art it's still coming from a place of passion and creativity and fantasy so of course we should be there next year <laughs> we'll see, we'll see yeah. we, we're, we're, we have a very responsible uh, plan to grow this thing um, so this is our second year the first year my, I had a very irresponsible plan and it was to just throw a crap ton of money at this thing in every way and we did and this was a great way to while it was um, a large financial investment uh, out of the starting gate it enabled me to really discover what worked well, what didn't yeah. work well, very, oh, very yeah. quickly. So rather than me dabbling in this for the next five or ten years or whatever to figure it out, and I had a little bit of an edge, too. We've done stuff like this. We've done some one-day events. I have a lot of friends that are in the convention business. Yeah. I got a lot of advice, all those sorts of things. But even with that, I have my own little twist on some things, like the beer thing. That's yeah. something unique that I do. Um, and we pretty much have, I think, figured it out. There's things we're not doing this year. We did last year. We spent a lot of money on. And I think we, we got the effective things pretty yeah. much focused on and I think that's what you gotta do it's like anything like your business anybody's yeah. business you wanna do what why would you waste money on something that doesn't make sense so. well, and also and it's funny I just talked about this on a, a recent podcast sometimes deciding what you don't wanna do is just as much of a guiding force as what you do wanna do right. absolutely I agree and, and something that uh, you are involved in, and this is really fun, is working with Kennywood on an upcoming show. How much of that can you talk about? So, uh, <laughs> it's June 18th. It, yeah, it's uh, June 18th. It's on Father's Day. Um, it, it started out with us kind of going, do you want to do like a superhero event deal? And they were like, let's have a meeting. So we had a meeting, and all of a sudden it like spiraled into, let's do a con, because they had just done a successful beer convention there. Oh, wow. I and we had talked that. about how we did a beer at our show, and it just kind of spiraled into that. So they're super supportive, and um, we still see vendors and artist spaces left. Uh, it's super affordable. It's going to be yeah, an awesome the, time. The price, is, if you wear a superhero yeah, yeah, yeah. shirt or any nerd shirt that day, they're cutting the price almost in half. It's 25 bucks to get in instead of 48 Oh, yeah. wow. Um, everybody comes, gets a comic book. They get to ride from 10 to 10, like, oh, all wow. day long. So... And um, why not? And of course, I mean, of course, I love Kennywood because I live in Pittsburgh, and it's right. been so influential. I mean, I've done podcasts on this before, talking about. You yeah, what's up? We, yes, you are invited. There you go. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we, but, you know, actually, they do have a rule. We have this problem. They don't want anyone. In, and this is even true for patrons. They don't want anyone to wear masks. Yeah. They're worried about like families having kids getting scared, and you yeah. guys are unfortunately in the wrong well, business for that. Yeah. So. Well, we did. They invited us when they uh, reopened, or not reopened, but they sort of re- relaunched the Noah's Ark last year. And we had yeah. some zombies because they wanted to have all the sort of icons of Pittsburgh represented, and we provided two zombies because of the Pittsburgh zombie thing. 
but it was definitely a process of trying to get the zombie you like you don't realize everyone's like oh Kennywood's a small park like when you have two zombies and you're trying to get them from the parking lot to Noah's Ark without drawing a lot of attention from kids like this is a very large park wow <laughs> that's fun but yeah, they. I, I remember that. That's a long. That's a long walk. We had Darth like, Vader trying to get from yeah. the dressing room to. Oh man, those guys are coming to the fireworks. Oh, that's fantastic! I love those guys. I, and for I don't, I, I know them sort of secondhand, but I see the stuff they post online, and again, so much, so much work. And I mean, I, I myself don't uh, get into costume. I don't do the cosplay stuff. But I was at Dragon Con a couple years ago, and that is just. That's a whole other world of it's just mind blowing how much cosplay and stuff you see there. Other members behind me, if you want to extend this, it's up to you. But <laughs> we didn't get the comics out yet. This we we could be an entire like weekly series. On this. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I that's that's that's. It's true. It's very hard. What to Todd calls an entrepreneur, I like to call the hustler. It's always how can we plus this? How can we extend the brand into a weekly listicle YouTube series that we'll do on Facebook Live and. Excellent. Sounds good to me. Yeah. We're happy to help. Happy to help. And like I said, I, I cannot. I'm so excited about this stuff we do all the time. Anyway, uh, it's really hard for my, me to hide my enthusiasm. As yeah. I hope is obvious, and uh, I love. To, I love to talk about. it. I love to get people involved in it. It's. I'm not just trying to pitch a thing. Like I said, to me, it's it's less money now. It's more just like I want to have fun. Yeah. I want everyone to have fun around me. And, yeah. And just. Have a good, you know, put a good. Something I, I talk about too a lot is um, we, we're lucky, uh, you know, the stores in the area support what we do, and that's very flattering as well. And, and I think to some degree they could feel threatened. Um, maybe one day that we have the convention, there's one day that people are kind of spending their their disposable income on that. But to me, it keeps them excited about the hobby, and yeah. I think that's that's key to me. Is like if they're excited about the hobby, then they're not going to get out of the hobby. And if they're staying right. in the hobby, and your store is closer. To them yeah. than anybody else's, they're going to buy from you the rest of the year. Yeah. So you want that excitement, that energy, and enthusiasm to like stick. Yeah. And it's easy. It's this an easy hobby to get out of. It's expensive. Yes. There's 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 a million reasons to not buy car. Room. Ton of room. It does. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, does. This, yeah, exactly. I hear that one all the time. Um, so we're just trying to keep keep it fun. Keep it fun. And I, there, I, are, there are two things that I always tell people we do well: sell comics and party. <laughs> well, I mean, and the party thing is important. I mean, I know that sounds like we're being funny, but a lot of the people who are attracted to comic books tend to be, and I say this as a term of endearment, because I myself am that, a little bit of a misfit, a little bit of, you know, they're not necessarily going to be going, getting all into the sports balls and everything else. You know, I think, again, as a sort of 80s proto-nerd, like, I remember, like, oh, I was that kid who was really excited about Dragon Slayer. I didn't actually know what was, you know. So to be able to, like find these communities, I mean, you can somewhat find communities online, but to be able to go into a space and have a conversation and build that relationship with all these different places and then come together, that, that's really profound, and it's great that you guys are doing that. It's super about community, for sure. I, 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 I said clubhouse earlier. I like to think our, st- our stores are clubhouses, and sometimes that works against us. You have the one guy to like hang around, maybe a little too long, and yes. talk about what's going on in x a little too long, yeah. and you don't get any work done, but... Same time, you know that's important. So you know they feel comfortable there, yeah. and it's, it's backlash in a little uh, some other ways where even the families are so comfortable they'll drop their kids off oh, no. for a couple of hours and come back. Oh yeah, like, oh, you know, yeah. But that's all right. We find a way to make that work too. So. I, I always tell the staff remember that this is a judgment-free zone. Yeah, like when they come in, we're all nerds together. Yes, you know, like. Like, there's no more, like, oh, the silly nerd, the D&D nerd, the comic yes. guy, the magic guy, whatever. It's, we are all here together. Yes. 
do like there is no judgment here. Yes, like, you know, and and it's it's kind of cool because like we're very adamant about that, and we've seen like growth in like the female market. We've seen growth in all of the like everything we do. Yeah, um, and we support everything. Like there's there's nothing that I think we would say no that's not our thing. <laughs> so, hell, if someone was like, hey, can we have a pinball tournament in your store? I'd be like, uh, I got this amount of room. Bring yeah. them on in, guys. Yeah. Oh, you know, we'd be fine. I don't care. But if, if you listen to uh, the podcast and watch some of our videos, you'll see Dutters and I have a plan to basically collect all the weird in Pittsburgh and get them all in, like working together because. It's a, that shared sentiment of passion and community. Like, sure. Because whether it's a haunted house, comic book, pinball, the guys who are all making this work, like, if you went into it, like, I don't have any interest in this, but I see, or escape rooms, I'm, I don't have any interest in this, but I think there's some money to be made, you will die because there's so much work that you have to put into it, and you have to love it because you're going to be putting so many hours into it. But I think also your customers can sense, like, uh, you're not really into this. You know, they're all very smart. They can tell, like, okay, these guys are really into haunted houses. These guys are really into comic books. And you guys are doing a magical, magical thing right now. Alpha nerd. Alpha nerd. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, which one of you wants to do the big pitch for how they can find out all I'm the stuff? Than him. So uh, we're hosting Three Rivers Comic Con May 20th and 21st. That'll be in West Mifflin. Uh, there's a variety of tickets available. One day tickets are as low as $13, I think. Yeah. All the way up to what we call the Beer Party Package for 50 bucks. You get weekend admission, a t-shirt, two free graphic novels, three comic books, food at the party, and you get a couple of bottles of beer to take home as well. The beer is custom made by Helltown Brewing, which has been around Pittsburgh for about six years now. They do great stuff. I, I hand-selected them as my first choice to make a nice beer. Uh, it's got a comic nerd label. All this stuff can be seen online. Um, it's a homage to Irredeemable, which will be moving in a couple years. We have both the creators of it coming in to sign autographs, so they will sign the beer. Whether we uh, whether they know it or not, I'm sure they assume <laughs> they'll be signing the beer. We'll give them a little beer, then they'll sign it. The yeah, yeah. You can see the autographs degrade as the uh, party goes on. Um, yeah. So that's our big thing. Uh, then uh, June 18th, we're doing Kennywood. Um, just a one day convention there. We're bringing a ton of vendors, a ton of artists, creators, partners. I think we have a vehicle or two planned. You know, there's some, some crazy stuff going on. We're trying to be a little more. Um, a little more family focused, a little more uh, outreaching, a little bit. I talked about our comic convention is very comic focused. This one's going to have maybe some crafters, people that are making like jewelry related to nerd stuff. You know, I, I, we've got one medieval jeweler coming, for example, like, things like that. Um, then otherwise, we have six stores. Let's see: Cranberry Township, Century Three Mall, Pittsburgh Mills. Uh, where else? Butler. We just moved to downtown Butler today, May first. Um, Elwood City is my uh, first store. We have a giant store there. And Ohio Valley Mall, which is uh, in St. Clairsville, Ohio. It's very near Wheeling, West Virginia. is our newest store. doing great. And I'm going to run out of breath before I think of something else. I, I joke with jo- uh, John here. we got nothing going on in July, so I think we're yeah. going to have to scheme something. So. No, no, no. That's that's my yeah. wedding anniversary. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I, I would say to you the same thing I tell myself late at night when it's 2 in the morning. Like, it's okay to be still. It's okay to be still. It's okay. Just, no, it's not. I can't it's wait not. for, it's not. like, the day after Father's Day where I can finally stop for, a, like, a day. 
No. And just breathe. That's the day that you start planning next year yeah, because you take right. all the data in I mean, and I'm then a you... heart attack that day from, like, all the withdrawal, you know? Yeah. But it's a good heart attack. Even he and I joked, like, last year we did the, the convention for the first time, all this planning, all this stress, all these late nights, all these problem solving that went into it, and at the end... We turned to each other, you know, we're in the middle of it. We're not, it's not even over that weekend. We turned to each other, it's like, we got to do this again. It's oh, just a weird high. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. We didn't really expect it at all. But like, as much as we didn't think it would pay off, it like paid in so many ways. And again, just, just good times all around. Everyone's had so many positive things to say about it. Um, there'll be gaming events, panels, cosplay, um, as well as artists and vendors. Fantastic. So make sure you come out and hang out. There's some really good panels planned. Um, and it's, it's just going to be a great time. If, like, if you just want to come and hang out and meet some great local artists or some bigger guys, yeah. it's going to be cool. Oh, one big thing is we added a CGC signature verification this year. Oh. So we will have someone there that will be able to witness any signature that gets signed. So they'll probably sit by Mark Wade a lot. Um, <laughs> and then they'll, you'll be able to submit it to CGC through us that day. Yeah. Um, John, here's a good example of what I'm talking about. This audience probably doesn't know what CGC means, so you can explain uh, that. Okay, so it's a comic. It's the comic learn, my young. I am so sorry, Master. <laughs> the dark deed will be done. Uh, <laughs> the nerd world. We have all these nerd terms. Right. And they're they're like second, literally right. to him, second nature, and just yeah. like yeah, part it's of the, com- the comics grading company. Uh, and so, like, when people get things graded, okay. they send it to the CGC or other companies. Oh wow. Uh, CGC's the been the been the longest running so far, and kind of like the the upper echelon of what people do and they it basically they vacuum seal the book and they give you a grade number of zero to one to ten yeah and like different books are valued differently at that but if you get something signed it has to be witness verified for them to accept it with the signature so this is your way to get the sign and sent out cgc so it's authenticated and there's no way to um counterfeit it is the idea right yeah so carrying it forward into the marketplace, which is primarily why this is done. Um, so if you just want to buy stuff to eBay after yeah. you get it signed, bring your stacks, yeah. have them sign them. So the comic books I have from the 80s, if, if this person were to see it, they would be terrified because they're like, oh, they've been in a box, and they were in an attic for a while, then they were in a basement. I just now, literally on the way here bought, bought a collection of just that kind of stuff. It's in my car. You want to come see it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. I'm digging out my uh, my single issues of Potter's Field. Oh. Mark Wade. I'm trying to find them. I'm like, I'm like, where are they? Like my singles, because like that's been out for like what twenty years. Which title? Potter's Field. Mark's like indie book, first indie book, I think. Oh yeah, this boom, right? Yeah. No, dude, we had cases of it. Remember? Oh. Yes. Next to the Ark of the Covenant in the box back in the yeah. All right, well, I'm going to wrap up the podcast so I can get these guys to drink a whole bunch of beer and then get them to commit to buying my Micronauts collection. Uh, so, which, 20 bucks. <laughs> that would be generous on that. Same rate as the last, last lady did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have some Brew of the Wanderer. Okay, uh, let's just stop. Does it have the, Mr. the Captain Universe issue or no? 
Because that makes a big difference. Number eight. Yeah. And I have no idea why that's worth a cent. But Cap- it's Captain Universe, that's it. Apparently, so Micronauts 8 has a first appearance of Captain Universe. It's worth money. I have oh. no idea why. I mean, is he a character in Guardians 2? I have no they idea. They brought him back into, into the Marvel proper at some point in the last couple of years. Hell, the Juggernaut was Captain Universe at one point. Well, so it was Spider-Man. Yeah, like when they announced the Cloak and Dagger series, I'm like, oh, I have some of those. So, yeah, yeah it's right. all, it's all going to come back. It's it the longest-term investment ever. They're, they're licensing everything for a show or a movie oh, yeah. or a thing, and it's just a matter of time before... Like, we would have joked, I bet you five years ago, Rocket Raccoon! <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was... Oh, yeah. You know, every toy on the planet is, <laughs> has to be a raccoon. It's, you know. Yeah. Who yeah. knew group would be a thing that people would love? Yes. Ever. Yeah. Like, you never true. know. Yeah. So who, who, knew, who knew a bunny with an axe would yeah. get his own t-shirt <laughs> for Scarehouse? <laughs> A lot of t-shirts. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. But thanks for listening to Scarehouse Podcast. Uh, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes and all the various services. That really helps us reach new listeners and helps iTunes and all those syndicators know that we're kind of cool. And definitely support these guys. And thank you very much. 